folks, and welcome to this live webinar. You can subscribe to us at our YouTube channel, uh, Product Partnership uh, Living and Work Abroad Show. Thank you for watching this show. We want you to uh, be able to join us regularly uh, live and watch our other features as we go along. Um, uh, we're giving you additional information on living and working abroad. We're in the middle of a series um, on the Living and Working Abroad show where we're looking at uh, residency and the, and the tax status. Um, in July, 4th of July is Tax Independence Day. It, it determines your residency 183 days. And we've looked at uh, different areas that this month um, uh, about tax residency, split year um, and um, dual residency. Today we're looking specifically at non-residency and then we'll look at split year next week and dual and uh, domicile uh, the week after to go that bit more detail and that bit more deep dive stuff. So let's start it off um, by subscribing to the channel, subscribe to uh, our, our YouTube channel and by redefining something that I say regularly to clients is that there's um, three different factors. There's residency, non-residency, and domicile. They're three completely different things. So where you live is not necessarily where you are tax resident. And where you're tax resident is, is in part dependent upon where you're from, which is your domicile. So your domicile is, is, is determinate. So for UK expats living and working abroad, that, that they they're from the UK, they're domiciled to the UK. So that it, that is a, a factor that gives them the extra catches in terms of um, the, the, the tax residency, gives them more restrictions. Uh, a non-UK expat uh, doesn't have the same level of restrictions on, on non-residency. Um, but this is for our domicile uh, discussion in a couple of weeks. So we're looking primarily at the factors that affect residency, but the detail of these are for UK expats that, that want to be tax resident overseas and non-tax resident into the UK. Um, somebody coming to live and work uh, on a short trip under 90 days for business or, or for holiday is always going to be a non-resident in that country given the factor that you have to have a tax residency somewhere. So if you don't have a tax residency where you live uh, or where you're working uh, or where your contract is based, then your domicile will assume uh, and take your, your nationality or take your, your tax residency as de facto on your worldwide earnings. So somebody that, that's living and working abroad in a low tax jurisdiction like Cyprus where you can pay 12.5% or 17.5% as an expat, uh, or in a low-tax low jurisdiction like UAE or Middle East, uh, where you can pay zero tax, that, that you want to protect your non-residency status so that the UK don't have its opportunity for UK uh, for dual uh, taxation or, or to tax you on your worldwide income. So that's the issue about this. So let, let's get a bit more into it. To be a, a tax resident in a country, you have to be resident in that country for more than 183 days. So that's the starting point. 
So uh, if if you are a UK expat that goes to live and work abroad, but you're not resident in any other country for more than one, eight, three days, then you can't become a tax resident in that country. With the tightening up of the international tax laws, you have to be have a permanent residence uh, to uh, get a, a residency visa, uh, even within the EU, in any jurisdiction, to then be uh, a tax resident there. But you've got to maintain that permanent home in that country uh, to denote that tax registration. Country by country, it differs the requirements they put on that, and and that is. Um, the art of dealing with each country that you're living and working in abroad. Some countries are easier, some countries are hard. The UK is a relatively easy country to move into, subject to income and and uh, uh, ties relationships. Um, uh, within the EU, it's, it's relatively easy to move, but you still have to meet criteria on a country by country basis. If a UK expat, uh, goes to live and work abroad, but then spends more time in the UK than any other jurisdiction, they will still be deemed to be tax residents in the UK. So if you're uh, working remotely overseas um, on a contract and, and uh, moving between different locations during the year, if you spend more time in uh, the UK than anywhere else, uh, then you will be deemed to be tax resident in, in, in the UK, despite you potentially having a tax resident elsewhere as well. So you could be taxed at source at your work uh, and taxed in the UK as well. So uh, the clearest way to get a tax resident is to spend 183 days in another country with a permanent residence uh, and, and a location and then you can be non-resident to the UK um, as long as there's a, a double taxation treaty. So for you to be non-resident to the UK as a UK domiciled expat, you have to have uh, a, a, a double taxation treaty between the two countries. So some countries have recently created double taxation treaties with the UK, others date back further years. Double taxation treaties are nothing to do with um, the EU. They're on a country by country basis. If there isn't a double taxation treaty in place, uh, then no tax concessions can, can be made. Uh, a UK expat will still have to complete a UK tax return. They may get a credit uh, against that foreign tax that they might pay in that other country of residence. But it's not as clear cut as if there's a, a, a double taxation treaty that we can study and use as our reference guide. For more information, watch our other live webinars at Project Partnership uh, YouTube channel uh, for the Living and Working Abroad show. Okay, so let's move on. Um, once, once you've got a tax residency established in another jurisdiction, um, how can you ensure that you maintain your non-residency? when traveling back to the UK. So we've said before uh, that uh, generally under international law, any 90 day trip uh, or less um, uh, uh, between countries on business or holidays is always deemed to be uh, uh, you know, a holiday or a short business trip. It's not a taxable event. So it's when you go over the 90 days that you will start to get 
a problem um, and ties to the UK. And the ties are a measure where uh, an automatic test doesn't come in. Um, uh, an expat cannot qualify under the automatic uh, test if they've been in the UK for more than 90 days in the last three tax years. I want to talk about tax years. So um, uh, leaving on the 1st of May uh, means that you've got 11 months of a year, tax year, before you start qualifying for your three tax years. So that's something to bear in mind there as well. Um, so if you spent 90 days or more in the UK in any of the last three years as a UK domicile expat, then you cannot pass the automatic test um, to say that you're non-resident. So that's the first criteria. Um, so that applies to new expats relocating and working abroad for the first time. So for those first three tax years, they need to take care. Uh, the second criteria would be um, that um, if, if they've had a longer trip of more than 90 days in the UK or total period of more than 90 days in the UK in one year, that would give them additional uh, uh, question mark uh, and tie to the UK. So the automatic test wouldn't apply. Uh, if you're not sure about the automatic test, you want more testing and guidance for filling out your non-resident form of your UK tax return, you can contact us at productpartnership.com. We've also got a live uh, chat and a, 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 an online advice service, the Product Retain Client Service, where from uh, just eight pounds a month, you can subscribe and get online advice and guidance when you, you're trying to fill in the returns, as well as just offering a full tax return service. Uh, so go along, uh, contact us at productpartnership.com. Um, so uh, if we can't complete the th three automatic tests, we then have to look at what ties we've got to the UK. And if you've spent more than 90 days in the UK in the last three years, then you have an, a 90 day, uh, you have one tie automatically. So that can be uh, the period before you relocated abroad, or it could be that you've had an extended trip in there. So it is possible to be non-resident and spend more than 90 days in the UK. It depends upon your total ties, and it's not absolute. Um, but if you went to an extreme and spent one, eight, two days in the UK as, as a, an expat and a non-resident in one year, uh, you would have to spend, the first criteria would you have to spend every other day of that year in, in one other country in which you're tax resident. So 184, 4th of July. So if you're in a, a calendar year, uh, a, a, a country with a tax year on the, based on the calendar year, you'd have to be in that country from the 1st of January to the 4th of July uh, to do 184 days. And then as an extreme, you could spend the rest of that calendar year in the UK. Um, which would be 182 days and not necessarily be classed as, as tax resident. Now, that would depend upon where you're staying and what you're doing while you're in the UK. And obviously, it would give you a, a fairly se a severe um, a, a tie to the UK uh, to further complicate future years. 
So, but as an extreme, it, it, can, it can work. So 90 days is a key and it's the first consideration and it normally gives expats uh, one tie. To be, um, to be automatically non-resident, an expat has to spend a, below 16 days a year in the UK. So that's an absolute um, uh, a statement of fact that, that, that you can uh, abide by. So if, if you're not sure and you've got lots of ties to the UK in other circumstances, then being, don't spend more than 14 days in the UK uh, in any tax year, uh, and that will minimise your, your liability. Um, you can find out more and watch our other uh, webinar in this series on split year domicile residence and dual residency taxation uh, by following and subscribing to our YouTube channel, a Project Partnership Living and Working Abroad Show. Um, so let, let's have a look at what some of the other ties are now. Um, a, a family tie means um, a partner, a legal partner, or a, a, with, with dependent children under the age of 18. So if you've got dependent children and family, and uh, in the UK, that, that will be a tie to the UK. So if, if one member of the family goes to live and work abroad, um, they and, and the partner and the children stay at home, then that is one tie to the UK automatically. So that will restrict the total number of days you can be in the UK to maintain non-residency. Um, it, it, it's not an absolute deterrent. You can still spend some days Again, the more ties that you've got, the more restrictions that you've got. A second criteria would be accommodation. An accommodation tie is very severe. So if you've got a property in the UK, which is available to you um, to, to live in, and, and you spend one day a year in it, then uh, that becomes a tie to, to the UK. Now, it's not, it's not an absolute rule, but essentially, if you're holding a, a property in the UK and it's empty uh, and you don't stay in it, it, it's not a tie. But if you spend one day in that property, uh, it would be a tie. If you uh, rented the property out and it was empty for two months, um, it, it owned in your name, that's not necessarily a tie unless during that period that it was empty you stayed in it it would become a tie if you were airbnb your property uh, and part of that airbnb was for you to have a two week three week break two months break in that property that would be a tie as well so there's an accommodation tie uh, where if you own that property uh, and spend one night in it in a year it becomes a tie and then adds up to your restrictions on the days you can spend in the uk um, have in mind with UK residential property, you've got a capital gains consideration at 18 or 28%. There's an exemption if it's your own or main property. So an expat holding a, a property which is their owner, uh, they deem to be or nominate as their owner main residence in the UK, they get a, a tax saving on capital gains when they sell that in the future. As soon as you start renting it out, uh, then that, uh, it becomes accessible for at least part of the time uh, as, as a capital gains liability uh, for, for that period. So that's something else to consider. 
if you don't own property, but you do have somewhere to live, if mum has a, a bedroom kept available for you or your sister has somewhere for you to stay, then that is a potential accommodation tie as well. It's not quite as severe. So if you're going to spend a week with a relative or a friend, uh, uh, then then that's not too bad. But if you've got a, a relatively close relative that, that you go and spend time with during the year, then that is potentially time as well. But not the one-day rule. It will be 16 days. So a two-week holiday with a family friend is not um, a family member is not a tie in such but as you go over that two-week period potentially it could be deemed that you you've effectively got some accommodation with family in the uk and it's a tie to the uk which could be used to restrict your, your future days in the uk um, looking at another area is your work now with remote working it's a big change area and, and people are working from home more and more. Uh, that remote working can be done from home down around the corner uh, in the next town, but it can also be done from abroad. And there's more and more countries offering attractive residential status and, and tax regimes that allow people to work remotely on a contract uh, and, and pay less tax. Um, now, again, it's a very, very complex area. We're looking at non-residents here for that, that this point of view. Um, we will cover in other webinars uh, on our YouTube site, uh, Partnership Living and Working Abroad Show, uh, issues around uh, remote working and working as an expat uh, uh, across border. Um, but what we're saying here is that if you're doing any work in the UK as an expat, um, then that potentially becomes a tie. We've got up to 40 working days a year. Now, what, what is a working day? A working day is three days. So if you go and you have a, a three, sorry, three hours in a day, if you go and have a, a three hour meeting and then finish, that's a working day. If you go to England and you have uh, four three hour meetings uh, for 12 hour working day, that's still only one working day. So there's actually quite a lot of scope within that 40 uh, day rule to to pack a lot of punch into your time in, in the UK and and that's 40 working days so if you're in the UK for 90 days but you're only working for 40 of those then then that, that, that would um, uh, 40 or less that would limit your, your ties once you go over 40 days then your ties uh, pop up so uh, and then the next gray area um, which is an issue where we look at remote working. So if you've got a contract based in UK or UAE or Hong Kong or Singapore and you're working in another country, where is that economic activity being conducted? So if you're remote working and you're moving around, you have to have a tax residency somewhere. So your, if your remote work is in a very low tax uh, jurisdiction like Cyprus or, or Dubai, uh, you can do that work elsewhere um, and remain a tax resident in Dubai or in Cyprus or in Hong Kong. Um, but you mustn't become a tax resident elsewhere. So uh, you've got the ability to be in the UK, remain 
non-resident as far as the UK is concerned, but do the economic activity remotely, that doesn't count as doing work in the UK. Unless, of course, you break the rules. Now, what the rules is and what the intention is, is that if uh, you have, um, uh, if you go into an office or if you have a meeting in, in the UK, then you're working in the UK. If you're working remotely, that's not necessarily the same, same consideration. But don't have a one-hour meeting with somebody. If you've got 10 meetings of one hour to do, do them in one day and make it one working day and do the remote days during the rest of your 90 days. Uh, that would be a practical solution to, to work working days. But a work tie could be an additional uh, restriction that you've got for, 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 that, for that period. Uh, again, watch the series for more depth and more information uh, in other areas. So um, the, the final thing um, would be uh, to consider um, the, the, the whole thing together. So have you got a family tie, accommodation tie, a work tie, a 90-day tie, or a country tie? Um, if you look at those, those four or five areas, they, they will give you a, a broad identity about how many days you could spend in the UK, whether it's um, 120, whether you could spend 182, whether you could spend 90, or whether you could spend 45 or just 16 days. Um, if you want to be non-resident, stay within the rules. If you want to push the boundaries, then you potentially open yourself up to dual uh, taxation, dual residency taxation, or, or taxation in the UK on your worldwide income. So it's it's a lifestyle choice that you have to make that decision with your family and, and then work around it. Um, the balance of those ties uh, will determine uh, how many days you can spend in the UK and, and what you do with those ties, where you're living, who, um, uh, how you're uh, working uh, would determine on that. Uh, for more information and guidance, um, we can we offer product offer a tax uh, uh, report service where we can review your year and give you an advice on 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 what your movements are. Uh, we, uh, or you can do that within a, an annual tax service or a one-off consultation review to consider your non-business status for the current year. So uh, go along to our website, productpartnership.com, and subscribe there. It's something that we do for our retained clients, product retained clients, quite often. Uh, and you're welcome to join us uh, to be getting a number of features, including uh, consultant reviews and, and, and returns uh, for the product retained client service at productpartnership.co.uk. So to summarize the non-residency issue, um, you're either tax resident or you're not tax resident. Um, UK expats could be tax resident in more than one country. Any expat could be tax resident in more than one country. Uh, to be non-resident in a country, you need to not qualify uh, as a tax resident. So in any other country of the world, apart from your home country, that means spending less than 183 days in that country in a year. If you've got a permanent residence, 
and you spend more than 183 days, you are a tax resident in that country. And that might give you two or three tax residencies, uh, depending on your circumstances. Uh, you can live and work abroad. You can work remotely uh, and not be a tax resident in the country where you're doing the work. Uh, where is the economic activity taking place? What is the nature of your contract? Uh, we need to take care in the UK. There's IR35 rules which, which can apply even if you're a remote worker. Um, but for non-residency to be maintained, you must not carry out the, the activity in the UK for more than 40 days to avoid a tie, uh, noting that as you add up your ties, it reduces your days in, in the UK. Uh, new expats or any expat that stayed over 90 days in the UK in the last three years always had an extra tie, so you can never fill out the automatic residency test. So have that in mind as well um, and to, to manage your time. You're either going to be resident or, or non-resident. We discussed last week how you can be dual resident, uh, and that might be a simple answer. There's still protection so that you don't pay double tax, but you could pay the highest rate of tax between uh, two or more jurisdictions. Consider that um, and, and watch again our, our live show on, on dual taxation. Um, UK expats have, have a country tied by their domicile. And, uh, but if, if, you're, if you've spent more than 90 days in a country in any one year, that gives you a, potentially a country tie. But if you're from your domicile, is that country gives you an extra tie. So UK expats have to be careful about the number of ties and, and what the restrictions are. If they, uh, there's a question mark uh, in completing the UK return about their non-residency status, it then goes into assessing dual residency status, where they look at where your contract is, where your family is, where your, your uh, habitual and economic interests are um, to, to decide where, where where you will ultimately be, be, be taxed uh, from and whether you'll get a tax in one jurisdiction or another. Uh, if there's a double taxation treaty, that makes it simpler. Uh, after that, you have to claim the credits against the UK tax for any taxes uh, at source overseas. Um, so Next thing to do, make sure you subscribe to our channel, uh, Partnership, Living and Working Abroad Show and YouTube. Thanks for watching. Share it with your friends. Uh, watch again and look out for our other stuff uh, we've got a, um, uh, on the channel to give you a more in-depth look at living and working abroad, relocating overseas uh, and investing offshore for expats across border and down generation. Thanks for listening and we'll see you again next time. The PRO Act No 